0: In today's episode, we're going to be talking about a productivity tool that will skyrocket your effectiveness, your success, and allow you to get the right things done in your day. You're going to get clarity on how we give our power away as that runs counter to our productivity and our happiness. We're going to talk about how power is like fuel for a plane. Maybe even a story about me learning how to fly and the hilarity that ensued afterwards and that you need fuel to lift big things off of the ground, whether that's planes or projects, relationships or business. And ultimately, it all boils down to this incredibly deceptively simple tool that you can do in maybe five minutes that's going to totally change your day and productivity. We will use this tool to make some decisions, to create a list, and to go out there and kick some ass. Happy summer, Pivoters. Hey, the Pivot Me team, we're taking a handful of weeks off to spend a little more time with our family and friends. We're talking about time at the lake, boarding mountain biking, and living our best lives. But hey, good news. We are working on some amazing new episodes and we have some rock star guests lined up, which we will be releasing very soon. Until then, we wanted to bring back a few of our favorite episodes. Enjoy. Enjoy. <music> Today, we're diving into our yes, no list. And for those undecided friends out there, the not now list or the parking lot list. We're gonna talk about why it's important to have this list, how you take back your power because we're giving it away a lot. And ultimately, that's how we leverage our productivity, getting the right things done. So why is this important? Let's talk about the great equalizer in humans. Great equalizer is time, We've talked about this before, but we all have the same 1,440 minutes in the day. The same, whether it's Leonardo da Vinci, um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., John Maxwell, Bill Gates, Neil deGrasse Tyson, whoever, none of them have built a time machine. They had to decide, hmm, what am I going to do with this next minute of my day? Chit chat with my neighbor? Catch up on celebrity gossip? I'm not sure well, I'm sure there probably was water cooler talk in, in Da Vinci's days, too. Maybe it was like the water aqueduct talk, perhaps. But there were some things that were going down in the 1400s, like probably cholera and I don't know, public execution. I don't know. There are things that our buddy Leo could have been distracted by, could have been swept into, and not painted the Last Supper or the Mona Lisa some masterpieces that are appreciated still to this day. What if he would have been like, nah, there's this other thing going down and uh, it sort of distracted me, I'm gonna get all up in that. So really glad that he became singular focused. He became really, really focused on completing this amazing thing and then moving on to this next amazing thing. But to do that, we gotta say yes to the right things and we gotta say no to a whole lot of other things. So if our commonality is time, what is the commonality of top producers? Whether it's a scientist, artist, entrepreneur, athlete, they master productivity. They become masters at getting the right things done. Not just things done, but the right things done. One of the main keys to productivity is the tightness of your focus. In a world where distraction is at our fingertips, flashing light, the gentle chime of a bell, we're like Pavlov's dogs responding to our our conditioning, except our stimulus comes from hundreds of things a minute now. It's easy to feel like a hamster on a wheel when we're trying to manage our distractions. And if unchecked, they're going to manage us instead. And this isn't just our phones. Distractions, obligation they come from many forms. It's easy to get swept up in all these things you feel like you have to say yes to. You feel like you have to do. We are talking about, you know, work obligations that bleed into our family time, friends that we feel we can't say no to, all the things that can control our weekends or our days, feeling like a slave to our schedule, leaving us with Unfulfilled plans and a feeling of a loss of control, a powerlessness that life is happening to us, not for us. So often when I'm sitting with a client, whether it's an executive at a manufacturing plant or a a small business owner with a team of five, our conversations ultimately around taking back their power. Now that's not how it, it presents. It presents in different ways, increasing revenue or You know, entering new markets, launching products, things like that. And there is there is that focus. But ultimately, there's a lot of ways to to be able to execute on those things, to focus on those things. We've got to take back our power in other ways. And when I say taking back our power, I'm not talking about I don't mean storming into a meeting and banging on a desk. It's often more more subtle forms of reclaiming our power. Though I do have a client who runs several construction crews. And when he thinks about when things go awry, we talk about taking back power. He always says, do I need to put my a-hole hat on? I love this guy. But we want to take back our power before we need to approach it with that level of uh, intensity, we'll say. Take it back in the ounces in which you first gave it away. You see all day we can easily be giving away our power to these things. Think about your power like a tank of fuel, And you need that fuel to power you through your day, your decisions, and your goals. But we walk around giving it away. We give it to distractions like our phone or social media. We give a few ounces away to our teammates or our employees or business partners. We give uh, our power away to our spouses and our friends. And many times we give our power away to our kids. We're happy if they're happy. And that's not fair to us or to them. But we don't just empty that fuel tank of power on people. We can give it over to situations. I'm stuck in a job I hate and I can't get out. Or I've got to go to Thanksgiving um, dinner at my sister's house. I don't like going, but it's just what my family does and I can't change that. Or I was, I was a heavy kid. It's no wonder why I'm an overweight adult. I'm just built that way. No sense in trying to change genetics. You see how that th- that those instances you've given your power away? Oh, well, I'm not really at the helm of the ship. I can't really control those things. And this drains us of our power. This giving away of our power, it doesn't stop there. We give our power away to, to old stories, um, stories that no longer serve us or maybe never did serve us. People talk about their divorce from years ago and how they're, they're unlucky at love. They tell a story of how they froze at the podium on stage as a high schooler and never been able to speak again publicly. That's giving away your power. We can take those things back. And note that I'm saying give away your power. No one took it in these scenarios. We're handing over that fuel every day and then wondering why we've got nothing left in the tank. Now, we're going to talk more about changing your stories, the stories that we're believing in, and essentially redesigning those so that they serve us. We're going to talk about that in a future episode. But for today, we're talking about the things that you're going to say yes or no to in your life. And we've gotta be saying no to a lot of these things because it's draining our tank and you need fuel in that tank to do big things, especially when you're starting a new endeavor, you need a ton of fuel for liftoff. So um, let's use that analogy of a plane and how it uses its fuel. So let's go back, let's go way back to when I was taking flying lessons in flight school. So, um, and actually quick quick story about that. So back then I had this thing about me that I worked I worked hard to hide which was hard because it showed up in my life a lot. Um and it was that I was a very nervous flyer. Crazy nervous flyer. I'd get on a plane with like rubber bands around my wrist and noise canceling earbuds with calming music. I tried meditation at the time. None of it worked. It helped a little bit but not a lot. And that was hard because I traveled a lot. I traveled all over the world and when traveling for business, I always, I always booked my flights at different times than my colleagues, so no one was going to witness my nervous, like Rain Man esque fidgeting I did on planes, like straight up rocking back and forth. Um, I did not look well, so I made sure that um, I wasn't always successful at this, but I made sure I was on different flights than than the team, so um, I could kind of do my my thing, kind of freak out a little bit, and then once I got there, I could you know go in the bathroom and collect myself, and then I was in charge again. But I hated flying, like love, travel and adventure always have hated airplanes, airports, shows on airplanes, stats on airplanes, all of it just hated it. Absolutely. If I was watching, if the news came on and it was something about an airport or an airplane, I would change the channel Um, and through, (laughs) through the years. Boy, did I do some insane things to manage that fear, including landing in a country um, in the middle of a military coup, totally drunk because I was on a very bumpy flight, and every time the plane would like go up, a shot would go down, trying to smooth out the ride. Wasn't the best choice. Um, a hell of a story, have to tell it sometime. So the idea of me learning how to fly a plane was was pretty ludicrous considering what a nervous flyer I was. But I was in it to win it. I remember rolling up to the airport on the the warm summer day for my first lesson. Um, gosh, at the time I was all about 22 and I was terrified and I'm one of those people that I get really quiet when I'm scared and I was saying nothing. So I get into the Cessna, which I pretty much like equated to a death trap at the time. So I get, I get into the Cessna, right? And I remember putting my headset on and I was trying to control my breathing because I was so I was scared to death. I was breathing so hard. You know, when you're breathing so fast, you feel like you're gonna pass out, right? You're hyperventilating. And my hands are sweaty and they were shaking as I was gripping the yoke of the plane. I was terrified. But I did it. Plane went up. We cruised around. Plane came down at the exact right time and speed that it needed to. And the instructor, who I knew very well, was as patient as a saint. Um, I also remember after landing that I was told that I was breathing. I'm glad they waited until after I landed. But after, after I landed, they said that I was breathing so hard, like AK hyperventilating, that ground control picked up on my breathing. You see the what I didn't know at the time, those mics are activated by sound. So as I was putzing around in that Cessna over the valley, everyone could hear me panting like a woman in labor. There was no hiding my irrational fears anymore. So when I got out of the plane, it was like the walk of shame when I went back um, from the plane into the station, knowing that everyone could hear how hard I was breathing. So I digress. So done with April's irrational fear of flying, back to our power tank and how similar it is to the fuel in a tank. Think about flight school. So take off and lift takes about, I don't know, roughly 40% of the fuel, right? So this relatively small part of the flight, it actually sucks up the most of the fuel relatively. And planes are designed to cruise. That's where they are most efficient, the most comfortable. The climb is hard on them. It sucks up the energy and the plane is working very hard to fight through the air and rise. But it's true for us too. If left to our own devices, We're designed to cruise along, also, not really climbing, just being comfortable. If we want to start something new, we want liftoff, a new business, relationship, exercise, routine. It takes a lot of fuel in the tank, it takes a lot of power. Going from zero to one is always more difficult, but from one to two, you've momentum, you have experience, you have gotten over the hurdle of just staying put. But just like with a plane, once you get to cruising altitude, it's much easier. There's less air, so so less drag. But first, we need that fuel for the climb. But what happens if there's not enough fuel in your tank? What happens if you've been giving your power and, and our schedules away to other things? Things that drain us and don't align with our future vision of ourselves, like that best version of you? What if those obligations are? don't really align with that? What if the? What if those obligations don't really augment that best version, that future version of you? This creates overwhelm and a feeling of powerlessness, like we aren't in control of our lives, slaves to our circumstances and our schedules. But we very much are in control of it. The cages we are locked in every day are often by our own design. We wake up in the morning and we get out of bed and then we go sit in that same cage because it was the cage we sat in yesterday, the schedule we had yesterday, the job or the, the, the client that we had yesterday. So let's take back that power, power from others, from situations, from emotions. And though we'll talk more at length about taking back your power as a whole, today we're focused on taking back your power through your yes, no list and increasing your productivity. Would you like to see the the behind-the-scenes footage of the Pivot Me interviews? We have launched April Garcia Pivot Me on YouTube. Take 10 seconds now and go to YouTube and enter April Garcia Pivot Me or enter it directly at youtube.com backslash April Garcia Pivot Me. You can see all the guests interview with Jay Abraham, Sharon Lecter, Cameron Harrell, John Lee, Dumas. We are releasing new videos day every Tuesday. Go ahead and stream with us. Hop on and join us. And please support us by giving that thumbs up and subscribing. It really does matter. And you are going to love these videos. Thanks for joining Pivot Me on YouTube. All right, we're rolling up our sleeves and we're getting into it. So right now, in this moment, I see you. I see your day. I see your schedule. And I know you're saying yes to too many things. There is too much on there. So we're going to need to make some tough decisions about what you're saying yes to and what you're going to say no to. And if you're getting twitchy from this black and white approach, I get it. We'll add a third category for you called the not now list, aka parking lot. We're simply trying to do too much. A whole lot of the wrong things usually. Lots of fluff. I always tell my sales team, never mistake a flurry of activity for progress. It's just mice running in a cage. But if you're pushing to move, to level up, get to that next level, you have to make some hard decisions about your time. In the book, the one thing he says, um, you have to protect your yeses with a thousand no's. And we don't often do that. We just keep saying yes, sometimes out of obligation, sometimes out of a guilt, sometimes because we don't realize we actually had the power to say no. But to do those big, huge, great things, we've got to say no to a whole lot more. Steve Jobs um, had a lot of different quotes on this, lines on this, but he would always say that he was just as proud of the things he said no to than the things he said yes to. Um, because that's That's a a part, that's an aspect that's often skipped over is, yes, when someone does something great, there was a whole lot of other things that also could have been great, but that we had to say no to. And that's definitely a theme with top producers. Because you need to focus. Often the success you have at any particular task or, or project is dependent, it's directly correlated to the narrowness of your focus, the the tighter your focus can be is is directly correlated to the success that you're going to have around that. And Stephen Covey famously said, um, "Whenever you say yes to one thing, you are saying no to something else, which is fine, guys. That's fine as long as you know that. As long as you're making an intentional decision. Because I'm saying yes to going to lunch with Sarah, I'm saying no to my workout today. Again." your choice, your life, but just be intentional about it. Where we get caught is when we don't realize we're making that decision. It's okay to make it, but be intentional about it. I'm skipping my workout today. I'm not going to do my Zumba class. I'm not making Orange Theory today because I'm going to lunch with Sarah. So let's actually walk through this exercise right now. Grab yourself a notebook paper or I don't know how you do this digitally. There's a way, obviously you could just list it out as a list, but I love to do it old school style and get yourself a notebook paper and we're gonna fold it um, vertically, right? And on one side, you're doing your yes and one side, you're doing your no. We're gonna make our list right now, right in this episode, like actively working together. We're a team, we're in it to win it, let's do this. So I'm gonna be your battle buddy and we are gonna make your yes, no list. So let's start with the things that you're saying yes to. Let's think about that. What is it that you are saying yes to? And it could be some of the things we talked about. Maybe it's lunch with Sarah. Maybe it's where you spend your Thanksgiving. Maybe it's a feeling or emotion that you're having. But what is it that you're saying yes to that you probably shouldn't, That that's not really serving you? Maybe it served you at one point. There was a gal that um, I was speaking with that used to have these uh, Thursday night dinners with some friends. And they've been doing it for years. And then she was just doing it out of habit at that point for years. But she didn't really enjoy them. And her kids really didn't enjoy them. And when she thought back on it, she's like, I've just been doing it out of habit. So it was a yes. And she put it on her no list. Oh, that doesn't serve me anymore. I've got to stop that. We can start saying no to to feelings as well. Emotions that we experience during certain triggers. So one of the guys that I work with, he, um, um, we'll call him Miguel, he feels guilt he felt past tense guilt when he traveled for work he had he had young kids um, every time he would see kids while he was traveling he he felt felt guilty about it. He wanted to be home with his kids and his family. but traveling was part of his work and and traveling itself didn 't bother him. it was just this emotion that he was experiencing when he traveled and he saw a little kid he decided to put that on his no list. He decided to change the story around that, that instead of when he when he saw kids when he was traveling for work, that he felt guilty, instead he experienced love. And he saw this, he would see a kid and he would say, oh my gosh, look at that the that, that son that's interacting with his mom and how much she loves him and how much the son loves the mother. And instead he decided to experience love and feel love for his own family and his own kids. And he changed that out of guilt. And so can you imagine how when he travels, it is a very different experience. Same thing's occurring, but he told himself a different story around that. And he also just said no to guilt, 100%. He's done with guilt. He put just wrote the words guilt on it. So this can be, again, this can be a story. It can be an emotion. It can be an activity. And when we're talking about saying no to an emotion, there was a gal that I was working with, and um, she's a wife and a mother and runs a very successful business. And she thought back on how when she makes dinner, And then she cleans up afterwards and her husband's sitting on the couch on the phone and her kids are sitting on the couch on their tablets. Um, She's feeling self-pity. And what can that lead to? So as she's doing these things for her family, um, she's experiencing this really strong emotion of self-pity. That can lead to to resentment, the worst thing, resentment of her family, of her life, a life that she actually loves, family that she actually loves. But she's experiencing self-pity and she's doing it every day during dinner. So she added self pity to the no list it's such a such a simple thing as we're just talking about. She's like, "My gosh, I'm experiencing this emotion every day I cook dinner and she had self pity to the no list. She took back her power, whether we like it or not. we teach people how to treat us, and she and many of us have have taught people that that was okay. Treat me that way, that's okay." And as hard as that can be to swallow, the cool thing about that is acknowledging that we've taught someone how to treat us, we can teach them differently. We have the opportunity to show them a new way. No, 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 this is, I've raised my level of expectations. This is how you're going to treat me. Going forward, when I'm making dinner, you're setting the table. Going forward, when we're all done and we've enjoyed the meal, we are all cleaning up. Nobody's getting on their phone. Nobody's getting on their tablets. We're all gonna pitch together, pitch in as a family. and We're gonna do this together. And so just by this act of saying, you know, there's some execution that she's got to do, but just writing, self-pity's on my no list. I'm no longer going to experience this incredibly powerful and detrimental emotion, incredibly, for her and for her family, just by saying no. And it just said, self-pity during dinner times. And it was such a powerful exercise, but it's completely changed as she experienced this daily thing with the people that she loves most in this world. Dean Graciosi actually has a book, Millionaire Success Habits in general, a great book, but he also does a version of the yes, no list. But I like his because he's got this kind of yes and hell no list. But he makes it um, he makes it very binary. It's it's black or white. There's no maybe there's no middle of the road. And so you kind of have to get into the right mindset to be thinking about this like. All right, what am I absolutely not going to do? What, what am I no longer going to tolerate in my life? And again, it can be any of those things that we discussed. For some people, it's going to be something simple, like I'm no longer going to tolerate the snooze button in my life. That does not serve me. I miss part of my important morning routine. I'm no longer tolerating that. For others, it's I'm, I'm no longer tolerating this meeting that is a waste of time, <laughs> There's a coffee cup that I read recently that said, yet another meeting that could have been an email. Um, I really hope that someone on my team doesn't show up drinking that during a meeting at one point. But it was super funny. Um, So maybe it's useless, useless meetings, unnecessary wastes of time, things like that. But we also need to talk about what we need to say yes to, what we need to put on our list, what we should be doing. And maybe it's yes to my morning routine, the very, very, very important morning routine that is so critical for so many people um, and gives you such a great sense of control and success over your life, um, making that bed and doing your morning routine. So maybe it's yes to the morning routine. Maybe it's yes to even though it's inconvenient, even though it's very hard, I am gonna work out at lunch. Whatever that looks like, maybe it's yes to date nights. But as you're looking at that notebook page, start making your yes-no list. And if you need some inspiration, if, if some of these examples haven't you know started getting the wheels turning, here's an easy way to get to the bottom of what should be on your yes-no list. You're gonna open up your planner, your schedule, or click on the the schedule app on your phone, whatever that looks like, and you're gonna go a week back and a week ahead. What's on there that shouldn't be on there? It's kind of like a calendar audit, which we'll talk about as well. But there's some things on there that shouldn't be there. There There's some things on there that you're doing out of habit. You're doing out of obligation. Maybe they're not serving you. Maybe when you're done with it, you think, I really shouldn't have done that. And there's some things that are missing on that schedule. There's some things that should be on there. Maybe it's you time. Maybe it's gym time. Maybe it's meditation time. Maybe it's a walk with your kids. Look at that list because You know, there's that old phrase, show me your schedule and show me your bank account and I'll tell you what's important to you. Um, What do you find when you're looking at that schedule? What sticks out? And where do you need to make some changes? One of the people that I work with runs uh, an appraisal business and, you know, he, he kept getting sucked into bookkeeping and If you know me well, you also know that this is also the bane of my existence, bookkeeping. I'd rather do just about anything else than bookkeeping. And so for him, when he looked at his schedule, he was amazed at how often him getting involved in bookkeeping had permeated his schedule. Now, if he was looking ahead, if he had told me what the next month of his activities, he would have not put bookkeeping in there. He was discounting how much he was actually getting involved in bookkeeping. But if he took an honest look at the past month, it kept showing up. He kept getting involved with bookkeeping. He put bookkeeping as his, on his no list. Nope, I absolutely and he was binary about it. I absolutely do not get involved in this piece. And when it when it's a when it's a stated fact like that, then. There's no gray area. This is someone else's circle of responsibility. They're they're responsible for that. That is, I've effectively delegated it, and that means that I'm no longer worrying about it because it is on his no list. I had someone else that um, was divorced and had gotten back out into the the dating scene, and he's he he put no to bad dates. And what that meant is he would go out with someone, and he'd know pretty quick, as most people do, pretty quick, not a good fit or, or potential fit, right? But if it was if it was a bad fit he'd still sit through the date. He would sit through dinner and a movie or this or that, and if this wasn't serving him. This would gobble up three hours of his time with someone that he wasn't enjoying. And so it was no to a bad date. So he restructured his dating so that there was like, say, drinks before or some activity before that they could pr- pretty quickly assess this is gonna be a good fit or not. And so for him, this was really important to him. Say no for bad dates. So if in 30 minutes I knew this was not someone I wanted to spend three hours with, then i would end it there i would end it you know graciously as kindly as i could but i would end it there and then he was going to go out and do something else that did serve him for the next 2 hours and going to um going back to the idea of of the things that we need to say yes to be really honest about hey what's important to me and am i saying yes to those things i'm amazed how often when i'm sitting with someone and we're doing work about hey, what does is, what is this five years down the road look like to you? Or what's the most important thing in your business? And so it's, okay, this product, this new product um, that we need to develop is the most important thing in our business. Or if it's on the personal level, um, writing a book is the most important thing to me or, or being, you know, speaking engagements, whatever that is. And then I say, okay, well, show me where it is on your calendar. Releasing this new product is the most important thing for your business. This is what's going to get your business to the next level Where's your product development meetings? Where's your product manager? Where's your where's where's the team that's designing this? Where's the R&D that's being done? And it's not there. Or if someone says, you know, the personal example, hey, the most important thing for me right now is writing a book. Okay. When's your scheduled writing time? Not, not researching, not talking about it. When are you putting pen to paper and working on this? I'm amazed at how the thing that is the most important to someone is often not showing up on their schedule at all. They're not truly saying yes to that thing. And as you can see, when we cut these negative emotions out of our life, these these things that we may be experiencing daily, we cut these these, um, obligations or, or activities that just aren't serving us. So we put them on our no list and we're starting to say yes to the things that do matter. This really skyrockets our productivity. It makes it so we're focused on the right things. We can't be chasing all these other things and we can't be being all these other things, um, that are counter to, to our true goals, our true life that we want to live. It's being intentional. It's all about the, even taking back your power. It's about creating this intentional living being very aware of, what you're, what you're saying yes to in your life, what you're saying no to in your life. Ultimately, those things do make you more productive, but it also creates a far more fulfilling life. And I encourage you to use Dean Graciosi's approach, this black and white, like, I'm absolutely doing this. I'm no longer tolerating that. Like, get excited about this list. I mean, using Dean Graciosi's approach, let's get passionate about this list, this this oh my gosh, I'm no longer doing this. This no longer serves me. Or I'm really excited about this. I'm fired up about doing this. Don't look at this as just, oh, this is just the thing I've got to do. This is a thing that unlocks the door to so many other things. Your productivity, your happiness, you've got this power that we've got to harness. We can't get sucked into situations or obligations or conversations or um as... <laughs> One guy that I work with, Chris, he calls them time hijackers. Um, saying no to the time hijackers, we we by saying by saying yes to those guys, we're gonna say no to the things that we really need to do, the things that we we are set forth and they they're pulling on us, and we know we need to be doing these bigger, better, amazing things. Um, but it's all those little time hijackers that can get in the way. So create this yes, no list. So let's let's turn this into action, guys. If you haven't already, if you haven't got out that notebook paper, I know you're making this list in your mind. What are you saying yes to? What gets to be put on your yes list? And what are you saying no to? Yep, there, there's going to be some pain around that. There's going to be some backlash and some things you need to do, but it's worth it. Let's, let's focus on the things that we're putting into our life and let's be really intentional about the things that we're taking out of our lives. So you guys doing this right now? Are you taking the five minutes right now? Don't, don't add this to your to-do list and say, you'll do it later. Um, It's going to get shuffled down and maybe you will and maybe you won't, but let's do this right now because you've already thought of several things. I know you have, ideally you've pulled out your planner and you've taken a look and you are ah, there it is right there, black and white. It's screaming at me, this thing that I keep doing and I shouldn't be doing, or Man, I said being a best-selling author is number one on my list and it's nowhere on my schedule. So whatever that is, let's let's take the time. Do it now. I'd love if we could put in Jeopardy theme music right now, but I'm pretty sure that's a copyright infringement. And I got to stay away from those these days. So imagine in your mind that it's playing. Make that list now. Take back your time. Take back your yeses and noes. Things are not happening to you. You've got to own this life. Not only will it increase enjoyment of your life, but it makes your productivity go through the roof. Time is the great equalizer and we're just working on leveraging it better. Is it work? Yeah, it's work. A little bit of work, about five minutes of work, but it's a whole lot of upside and you're totally worth it.